You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Call of Anchor Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fabulous job back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. All right, so Saturday Down South did a list of 25 questions they would love to ask certain players and coaches if if we were all being honest at SCMU Days. Of course, these questions will not be asked, but uh, I want to read a few of these because they are pretty funny. Now, SEC, of course, with five new head football coaches, that'll be a major storyline today as the SEC Media Days get underway. Yeah. So let's start. This one is to Drew Locke, the Missouri quarterback. The question is, is the Tom Herman dartboard in your apartment or in the locker room? That's a great one. For those of you who didn't follow last year, the the Texas-Missouri game was extremely interesting because – Herman and his and his um, and his team really were mocking the way Drew Locke carries himself, and uh, I remember we had a quite the conversation about that after that game because we were like, should a head coach be be making fun of a player? Mm. Um, and actually, I thought it was kind of um, I thought it was kind of lame of him because it came after the game. Mm. It came toward the end of the game. The game, it, it, the game was was pretty much. Um, wrapped up i get it if you do it early on or if you do it you know before the game that's fine to fire up your own guys but to do it when the game is already out of question uh yeah it's kind of it's kind of lame uh cc jefferson of florida was defending against jim McElwain's offense like walking into a second grade classroom and taking a spelling test (laughs) i like that one uh anthony jennings alabama Linebacker, how does it feel to be the last linebacker standing? Ooh. Yeah, they bet the Alabama's taking a hit this offseason last year and already this yeah. offseason. I mean, they just can't stop uh, getting injured at, at that position, but they continue to fill the gap. It doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> so you just plug another one in there. That's what Saban does. Uh, Jarrett Stidham, what was a tougher reality to face leaving the state of Texas or losing to U- UCF? Hmm. Yeah, you know, I think if you're an Auburn fan, that had to be tough because you're the reason why we had to listen to UCF all offseason. Mm-hmm. You're the reason why they got to hang banners. You're the reason why they're making shirts, you know, national champions. But then again, maybe you don't feel so bad because that takes away from Alabama and that, you know, is, is peeving Alabama fans. So I guess maybe it was smart at the end of the day. Uh, Dan Mullen. Oh, this, this might be my favorite one. Were you your wife's fifth choice, too? Oh. Were you your wife's fifth choice, too? Mm. That was pretty good. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, can you speak English, please? Mm. Like that one. Uh, Benny Snell for Kentucky, the running back. Uh, What date is Big Blue Madness this year? Just saying what we're all thinking. Nick Fitzgerald, be honest. When you saw your name in those early mock drafts, did you cackle like I did? (laughs) Uh, Jeremy Pruitt. So I guess this one needs a little bit of a background. Jeremy Pruitt once said that he didn't know if he had ever eaten asparagus mm-hmm. before or if he even knew what it was. So the question is, asparagus, have you figured it out yet? If so, thoughts. Devin White, how big of an adjustment is it going to be if, when you guys have to defend an actual quarterback in practice? Whoa. Hurts, doesn't it? Kirby Smart. You do realize that $7 million a year means that you don't have to cut your own hair anymore, right? <laughs> Kyle, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Uh, Kyle Shermer, the Vanderbilt quarterback, do you have your number with the Giants picked out already? Yeah. Uh, Marquez Callaway from Tennessee, do Tennessee players refer to him as intern Butch Jones like I do? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Gus Malzahn, so far, how many times have you heard the term dog crap since you've been in the state of Georgia? Remember, he, he said we beat the dog yeah. crap out of them, something like that, after they beat Georgia. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't think about that. Gus being in Atlanta is going to be interesting because, you know, there's going to be a lot of Georgia fans that are going to be looking for him. Uh, Travion Williams, the Texas A&M running back. What would you rather do, 
hit up a Justin Bieber concert with Nick Starkle, or write down everything Jimbo Fisher says for one day. Uh, Ed Orgeron, here we go. Yeah. This is what you've been waiting on. When you and Dave Aranda go out to dinner, who picks up the check? Uh, <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. He still makes a little bit more than Dave Aranda. Not much more, yeah. though. <laughs> the fact that it's comparable is yeah. kind of silly. Uh, Chad Morris. Are you a better coach than Ed Orgeron? No, that would be your question. Since you bought a $3.8 million house in Arkansas, do you now legally own the entire state of Arkansas? <laughs> oh, Hogan he, he Russell, where you bought a $3.8 million home? Apparently. Wow. Plans to stay there a while. Jeez. I don't think Hogan and Russell will like that one too much. And finally, Jake Bentley. Hey, shouldn't you be at your high school prom right now? Anyway, I thought those were funny. I did not realize this, and I know you're fully aware of this, that LSU has a schedule featuring a league-high four opponents, Louisiana Tech, Mississippi State, Alabama, and Arkansas, that have an open date before they play the Tigers. How long does it take before Orgeron makes that a rallying call, or he'll beat the drum on that? That you can make that a rule? Well, that's just tough on his team. Oh, that he'll use that as an add yeah. to the list of his excuses. Yeah. yeah. No, I I, uh, I did realize that. Um, wow. I think I saw – I'm forgetting the stat now. Most most people only have like one or two. Yeah. So four is extremely high. We always know that Alabama is going to have that open yeah. week, just like the LSU, LSU does going in too. before the Tide. But the fact you throw in Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Louisiana Tech. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Mississippi State one I think is the most concerning because yeah. I look at the state game. I think the Miami game and the Mississippi State game are the swing games. Those are the games that can go either way, and if LSU loses both of those, yeah, we could realistically kind of be looking at a 6-6 six and six year. Um, but if they win both of those games, now all of a sudden we're looking at 9-3, and three, and it's not so bad considering that LSU was going up against, I, I still say, the, the toughest schedule in the country with all of these question marks on offense. If you go nine and three, I think at Orgeron, although LSU fans won't be realistic about it, I think if you're smart about it, you look at it and go, Yeah, that's a that's a great season for Ed Orgeron. That's that's going above what, what many consider because let's not forget the over under in Vegas for LSU is seven. You know, most people think that seven and five is right around where they'll be, which is, you know, pretty crazy. But I think eight and four you can you can take that, you know, you can Take that, and Ed Orgeron can keep his job. I think with eight and four, nine and three, I think you should be excited about that. Seven and five, we get a little sticky. You know, we're starting to talk about. Well, yes, it was a difficult schedule, but shouldn't Ed Orgeron have won more than than seven regular season games? Ron Higgins did his research here for his column. Uh, the media, the opening statement by Ed Orgeron yesterday, his filibuster tactic, where he had two thousand six hundred and twenty-six. Word opening statement going through the entire depth chart before taking questions. The unders probably take the under this year. Do you? Yeah. Wouldn't you go over just because why? There, there are more questions this year than last year. Let's go back to last Step year. Step up to the mic and just answer the question. Let's go back to last year. What were the biggest questions surrounding LSU and Ed Orgeron? His hiring. Is he the right guy for the job? The old Miss stuff. Good gravy did we hear about the old Miss stuff. Oh, that's true. That's That was as bad as it got, though. This year, you've got a lot of things to talk about. you got the Troy loss. You've got the um, Steve Why didn't work out with Canada? Why didn't work out with Canada? Why did you choose Ensminger? What happened uh, on National Signing Day? And then, of course, the quarterback situation that continues to unfold. Yeah, so why wouldn't he go longer this year? My money's on the over. 888-993-7762, SEC Media Days today. The commissioner will step up to the podium, and, of course, you got Texas A&M, LSU, and Kentucky. Will you be all in watching the SEC Network today? It'll be on uh, while I work, and I'll probably stop to see. What happened with Feinbaum? I haven't even heard that. Oh, I, he, guess, he, I guess he's He there. made a deal. Oh, he got a deal He signed. got a deal done. Oh. Yeah. Any details on his deal? I forgot, man. I so he's not going to the Big Ten. He's not going to the Big Ten. No, network. no. I was, I was rooting for that, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, Bob Bomb stand the SEC. Mm. So we should take a break, come back, and look at Louisiana Tech's schedule. Mm. 
break down a little bit of Conference USA. That's coming up next. You can hit us up, 888-993-7762. We're back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Looking for affordable home building here in Northeast Louisiana? Look no further than Allen Builders. The folks at Allen Builders are dedicated to building that quality custom home that you've always been dreaming of. In the need of a remodel, bathrooms, kitchen, flooring, the folks at Allen Builders can handle it. Issue with the roof? Whether it's tearing off and replacing existing shingles, replacing rotten decking, and installing solar Power vents? Yep, they've got that covered. For more information, call Allen Builders today, 348-8920-348-8920. Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Talk about the SEC Media Days kicking off today. Obviously, uh, we got you covered with the Conference USA and the Sun Belt Conference. The Bulldogs, of course, will be one of the featured teams later this week at the Conference USA Media Days. Big things expected out of Tech this year, and rightfully so. Are there, though? Because I'm looking at all of these preseason rankings, uh-huh. and it's a lot lower than I imagined it would be. Like, I'm seeing some... A majority of them, though, have them competing for the West, and you look at the West and I'm fighting it out with UAB and seven win predictions. I'm looking at some eight... I think it's actually over under seven in Vegas right now. Really? Yeah. Which, you know, has somebody like me wanting to put some money down. But, uh, you know, I look at Tech this year, Aaron, mm-hmm. and... We'll go ahead and kind of preview the Conference USA since we've we've done all the other ones last week. You look at losing tech; they were a touchdown or less away from being eleven and two last mm-hmm. year, and they returned the brightest pieces of that team. Eight on offense, I believe, uh, seven on defense. I just think many are sleeping on Louisiana Tech this year, and I don't know if it's just because of their record last year and they didn't really look at at how Louisiana Tech lost some of those games. I mean, Tech plays a couple of those games, like the Southern Miss one. You play that game five more times. I mean, how many – I mean, we're talking about completely different outcomes than what happened. It was a, what, 0.2% chance, something mm-hmm. 0.02% chance of that to happen. So we're talking about some bad swings for Tech last year. But I just think they're mostly a veteran bunch, and I, I think – if you look at this team, the backfield's the biggest question mark with both Jamar Smith and whoever's going to run the ball. Um, you know, Jamar Smith, he has to do it this year, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can get somewhat of a buy for losing one of the greatest receiving duos in school history and, you know, scoring 14 points less per game last year i think you can get away with that just because people can understand yeah well we lost some some big weapons on the outside but now you return veal right and now jay mars you know you, you had a entire season of experience and now it's time to do it 
and you got a good offensive line protecting you. So I'm curious and anxious to see what he does this year. And I I have faith in that run game. I think whoever you put back there, a lot of people think Dancy's going to have a breakout year. Mm -hmm. uh, I could definitely see that uh, as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think Tech, you know, the offense is going to be good. And then I look at the defense, and, and I again, you go defensive line, linebacker, and and at the secondary position, dude, there, there are pieces on all three of those levels that are all conference caliber mm -hmm. pieces. So I, I really like this team, and as I'm looking at the schedule, I just see them winning more than seven games. I think seven games is a ridiculous over-under number. But you look, of course, Jamar, you got to feel like he's going to improve those numbers. It's not going to be 16 touchdown passes and five interceptions. You, you would think so. You would think that would improve it. And Jalen Ferguson, you have to believe that he's going to have, I don't even know what he ended up with last year, six, six and a half sacks, seven sacks after the year before with, what, 14 and a half? Yeah, yeah, it was it was half of what he did uh, the year prior. But yeah, I think that'll go up for sure. And, of course, you look at Louisiana Tech's schedule. A little odd, of course, opening it up down in Mobile versus South Alabama. Traditionally, you look when Louisiana Tech goes on the road to open up a year, uh, it's not good, one in seven in road openers, but typically that is against a Power 5 school, not against the likes of South Alabama on the road. Yeah, so let's look at their schedule. South Alabama, um, I believe Tech is favored by 10 points mm -hmm. in this game, which is a pretty good number. Um, South Alabama was, was a mystery last year. They had some pretty big wins, and then they would have as many frustrating losses as wins. Uh but they could throw it really well, you know. That, that's the strength of this team is they're able to throw the football. They're just not able to run it, and they're not really able to stop the run. So those two things I think are going to uh, serve serve Louisiana Tech pretty well. I, I've got Tech winning that game starting off 1-0. and And then, of course, uh, the home opener the following week versus Southern. It feels like they just played the Jags, and actually I believe it was 2015. What I remember about this game is just Louisiana Tech just destroyed them early on. I think it was actually delayed for a few minutes at the beginning. Fantastic crowd on hand. You'd think it would be another great crowd with a home opener, Southern coming in, and everybody then gets to enjoy Southern's man at halftime. Exactly. I think the same <laughs> will happen this year, right? And then everybody goes home. Yeah, everybody goes home happy. Yeah, I see them going 2-0 and to start the year. Then a bye week on September 15th, and then the highly anticipated game at LSU, September 22nd. My birthday. At this, woo, at this point, the biggest question mark will be, what will the Tigers' record be heading into this game against the you, Bulldogs? You, that's your favorite storyline of the year. Is it not? Yes. I know it is. I'm just stating the obvious. Um, so Tech at LSU. Let me get and your you believe on they're this. Gonna, you believe they're going to be two and one LSU squaring up against Louisiana Tech. Where I do. The Bulldogs will be two and zero. Oh. I do. Yeah, two and one. Versus they're going to beat Miami. Believe and then they're going to lose to Auburn. Yeah. So they're going to be coming off a loss against Auburn, mm -hmm. going to face Louisiana Tech, and then next the following week they have LSU. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Anyway, let's stick game, with Tech here. Let's stick with Tech here. What do you think is going to happen when Louisiana Tech and LSU plays? It'd be a low-scoring game. It could be literally twenty to seventeen. Twenty to seventeen. Interesting. Unless Joe Burrow is the next coming. <laughs> it could be. <Or> Danny Etley. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't hate on Danny. Uh, so, sorry guys, but I got LSU winning yeah, this one. Yeah. Um, I do think it'll be competitive though. Especially early. Um, I think if you look at it, it, you know, honestly, the Auburn game could really open some things up for Tech. If LSU straight up beat up, it's not a hard sell to say Tech could go in there. and, and, and They've got Ole Miss the following week at home. Yeah, that is a trap game. Mm. That is a trap game. Uh, yeah, but I, I think Tech at this point will be 2-1. and one. Ben says uh, must stay healthy in 2018. Same five did not start in consecutive games until – Game 10 and 11 last season. This is referencing the offensive line. That along with Jamar maturing and Tech will be very good offensively. All right. So now let's get into conference play. Uh, they'll travel to North Texas. And then, of course, the big rematch the following week at home when UAB comes to the gym. I, I think North Texas is the game I'm circling in September if I'm a Louisiana Tech fan because, look, North Texas could score with the best of them last year, and they return 
I don't know, the Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year. So, and, and Mason Fine. So, look, you can win. You're, they can win their fair share of, of shutouts. I'm talking about North Texas. But when your defense gives up 30 or more points in eight of the 14 games you played <laughs> and gives up 40 points six different times, you're going to have to win those shootouts. So uh, this is a very interesting game. That offense is going to be hard to slow down of North Texas. But Tech, I think, has it is just more well-rounded on both sides of the football. So I think I would favor Tech, although that's on the road. It's at North mm-hmm. Texas, a very tough football game. And you could kind of say the same about Tech as we were saying about LSU. How beat up are they going to be after playing LSU? Mm-hmm. North Texas returns 17 players, and of course, you remember last year as they make it to the championship game, didn't have much luck versus Florida Atlantic, though. You talked about that defense. They lost to Florida Atlantic in the regular season, 69-31. Wasn't as bad in the title game as 41-17. to No, 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 no. Like Kiffin took it easy on That's them. right. Um, so North Texas, I think, is the game you circle in September, but the very next week, UAB – would you, would you say that's a top three game next year for Tech fans just because of what happened, how it ended last year, yeah. their their genuine hate for, for UAB mm-hmm. and everything else that goes with it? But if you're looking at UAB, I think – I don't think it's an exaggeration to say what, what Bill Clark did last year was a miracle, right? I mean, seriously, they should have one of the worst football teams in the country, and they won eight games. So I thought that was – you know, the story of the year last year. I believe going in last year, they only had four returning players. It's insane. It's insane the job that Bill Clark did. But uh, Now, of course, this year, it's the flip side. They'll have a number This of year, them. they returned their leading passer, rusher, and receiver from that group. Um, here's an incredible stat. They returned 100% of its passing yards, 100% of their running back rushing yards, and 99% of their wide receiver tight end hmm. receiving production. That is insane. I don't think anybody else in the country can say that. So uh, they also return a, a pretty good core on defense. So we expect UAB to be really good again this year. Uh, then following the UAB home game, they'll go on the road to take on UTSA. And then uh, UTEP the following week at home, the Miners will have a bye week leading into that game versus the Bulldogs. Not concerned with UTEP. Uh, UTSA, I think, is a big one, though. I think it's always going to be a big one. UTSA is the polar opposite of UAB. Uh, they have to replace so much on the office, offensive side of the football. Um, but here's where we talk about Frank Wilson and his strengths. I mean, he was on the fast track to get the heck out of San Antonio. Then, of course, probably takes a step or two backwards last year. Yes. Um, but his strength is his recruiting. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that pays off on the offensive side of the football because he's going to have to play a lot of new players. Um, I still expect UTSA to struggle early. You know, they get Arizona State in the first game and then um they did beat baylor last year but baylor would be tougher this year we all think under matt rule um and then they get kansas state so who's who's to say where this team is at by the time they play october 6th and if jake was ever going to travel to a louisiana tech game he would go october 27th he would go down to boca raton so he could kiss up to lane kiffin I would go – wait, so I would go on the road to, to – This would be the one game that you would, would go, go watch in. Louisiana Tech just so you could see Lane Kiffin in action. I see, because I wouldn't do that at LSU either, yeah. right? So there you go. they got Florida Atlantic. Of course, they are once again loaded. That is October 27th. Yeah, uh, hate on Lane Kiffin all you want, Aaron, but the man went 11-3 and last yeah. year. And I know that hurts for you who, who likes to hate on him. But so they they got a 10-game winning streak right now. 10-game winning streak. I think that'll end the first weekend of the college football season because they get Oklahoma. Um, but that said, I mean, they return an entire secondary that had 20 interceptions last year. That's that's pretty – everybody wants to talk about Miami, but look at what FAU did last year. Um, offense, you know, I think you first have to talk about Devin Singletary, who nearly rushed for – 2,000 yards last year and actually led the nation with 32 rushing touchdowns. He's back. Um, and, you know, speaking of FAU, I, I do want to mention the quarterback, DeAndre Johnson, because he, he last year he had something weird happen where he had blood clots and, and wasn't able to play. But if that name sounds familiar to you, it's probably because you watched Last Chance U, which is a great, 
great series on Netflix. If you, if you haven't seen it and you're, you know, really wanting some football, go watch that. That's great stuff. But DeAndre Johnson was on that show, and I became a fan of his because most of the kids on that show, you know, they all are most of them are Division One kids who go to um, that JUCO to kind of, um, I guess, get the grades and kind of correct their past because they've they've most of them left the Division One because they either got in trouble or just didn't have the grades. But in DeAndre Johnson's case, he got in trouble, but he was one of the few kids on that show that was dedicated to improving himself and bettering himself. So I became a fan of his. I want to see if he starts for FAU and uh, kind of see what he do- does this season because he is very talented. All right, we got to hurry up. Uh, November 3rd at Mississippi State, the one thing I can guarantee you is that the Bulldogs will not have a third and 93 in this game. Oh, yeah. No, but that's going to be a tough one. Uh, you got to face that that front four yet again. Uh, close out the regular season at home versus Rice and then at Southern Miss and then November 24th at home versus Western Kentucky. The one thing that stands out the most as you kind of go through this schedule is the fact that the bye week comes September 15th, the week before LSU. Then after that, a long streak of consecutive games for this Bulldog squad. Yeah. You certainly hate to see that, uh, the bye, so early. But, yeah, I think – but if you're looking at it that way, FAU, UAB, North Texas, I I view those as as the toughest conference games, and at least those are before November. So, you know, I don't know – I don't have a lot of faith that Southern Miss will return to, you know, I guess the the strength that they were a couple of years back. I still think they're on the steady decline. Western Kentucky, you can kind of say the same about them. Mm. 888-993-7762. Obviously, more Bulldog news and Louisiana Tech news coming up uh, later this week with Conference USA Media Day. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, the voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, joins us after the break. Whatever car you're looking for, Whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. Broken window? Sounds like you need Glassworks of West Monroe. Glassworks specializes in the highest quality residential glass. From insulated glass to protect your home from the worst weather to vinyl replacement windows with a lifetime warranty to custom installed mirrors and shower doors. Glassworks service is unmatched and their price is always competitive. Let them save you money. Glassworks, 800 Jonesboro Road across from the mill in West Monroe. 387-4747. I'm Derek Gore, running back for ULM Warhawks. Tickets for the upcoming 2018 season are now on sale. Come experience the best on the bayou, tailgating the Grove, and cheer on your Warhawks. We look forward to seeing you in Malone Stadium this fall. Come help us defend the nest. For ULM football season ticket information, call 318-342-HAWK or visit ULMWarhawks.com. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the morning drive. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. The voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, joins us for his weekly visit. He is an inspiring golf pro, also. What's up, Nick? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> the toughest question uh, you, today. You, I, I you are too. Jake. You are too, uh, yeah. Are you sore today? 
A little bit, yeah. Are you? No, I'm good. I feel great. Huh. <laughs> Not as bad as I thought I was going to be, but um, yeah, I, I'll tell you that. And I didn't tell you this Saturday. Of course, we, we played Saturday. Uh, we had a good time. Uh, I, I'm still amazed. I, I'll, I'll say that. I, some of these scores that get put out, I mean, I know there's some pretty good golfers out there, but I mean. What are you saying, Nick? I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. Um, I, I, I question sometimes the scores that, that get turned in. That's all I'm mm. going to say. It's, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I told my wife Friday, I said, uh, I said, I got to go, uh, I got to go get some, uh, uh, golf balls or whatever. I guess she, she heard, you know, something different. She thought, you know, uh, something that I was going to go hit some golf balls or whatever. Mm. And uh, she's like, what? What are you talking about? I was like, well, I got to go get some golf balls to play tomorrow. She was like, oh, I thought you said hit golf balls. I started laughing. I was like, no, I wouldn't be able to move tomorrow. Are you mm. kidding me? So, uh, anyway, now we had a good time Saturday. It was fun. Uh, you know, I'm still waiting on our trophy or our prizes. But uh, good time. Uh, glad we played in the morning. Because uh, I don't know if we could have made it, Dietrichman, uh, through the afternoon. I can tell you that much. It was, uh, it was a little warm Saturday afternoon. And another great event for uh, ULM Golf, of course, the tournament on Saturday. And you went out uh, Friday for the, the dinner and the auction out at the new uh, Bayou Point. Just overall, a great attendance and kind of a way to get uh, the ULM athletic family together under one roof. Yeah, and then, of course, you know, coming up uh, in about a month, uh, the 14th of August, uh, they'll really – uh, kick that thing off there at Bayou Point uh, with the pursuit, and um, it'll, it'll kind of be the the real debut of that facility. And, and look, people people may not realize that that's the old natatorium. Uh, they they completely you know renovated. It's a great facility, and and people may not really realize you know that 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 facility is available you know for for any event for for rent obviously, and and it's already been utilized it's already. Uh, yielding uh, significant, um, you know, financial benefits there, and uh, it's a beautiful facility overlooking the bayou there. But uh, great event Friday, and then uh, played a little golf on Saturday, and uh, we had a good time. And uh, you know, now uh, what what week away uh, be today? Uh, one week from today, right now, we'll be uh, kicking off Sunbelt Media Day with an address from Carl Benson, the commissioner of the Sunbelt Conference. And, of course, uh, I had a visit with uh, Coach Viator uh, last week. I certainly enjoyed that. Marcus Green, the uh, All-American return specialist, and linebacker David Griffith will be making their uh, way down there with Coach V. So an opportunity for them to get a little of the spotlight and a little limelight from the conference. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I expect those two guys, uh, they're very well-spoken, and I expect them to, to represent very well. Um, and they'll, they'll have a great time uh, on Sunday. Uh, at the event, and then uh, Saturday all day, uh, they'll they'll get suited up and and uh, have their opportunity with all the uh, media personnel covering the Sun Belt. So uh, they'll they'll have a good time, and uh, you know, interested to see. Uh, you know, whenever the the, the polls come out, uh, I'm in fact uh, I am the the media vote uh, for for ULM. So um, here after get done with you guys, I will. Uh, I'm actually going to be submitting my my uh, preseason ballot, uh, all conference and uh, and all that, and um, I will not be voting. Uh, full disclosure, I'll go on and, and submit. I will not be voting ULM number one, uh, but but I, I do expect them to to fully believe in the upper half uh, of the preseason predictions, which will be uh, very very good progress. Uh, for them, and uh, you know, see where they stand as far as uh, all-conference selections. Uh, reading through uh, a lot of the preseason publications, and, and the one you really kind of catch the attention is, is a guy like Phil Steele. And you go through that magazine, and you see, you know, he really expects ULM to be one of the most improved teams, not just in the Sun Belt, but in the entire nation, uh, as far as across college football. And um, you know, you, their name is littered throughout that magazine. Uh, as far as uh, most improved teams and Marcus Green getting a lot, a lot of love in there and, and, and Caleb Evans as well. <clears throat> so um, I'm really be interested to see how they stack up whenever the all-conference teams from the media side and then from the coaches' side uh, will be unveiled 
I believe they'll both be unveiled actually before uh, we'll actually crank up the uh, the media day starting on Monday. Nick, Jake and I have had this discussion, just uh, expectations, and there is some buzz with this ULM squad, and you have to go back a couple of years when there was this kind of talk about ULM football. Yeah, I mean, probably 13, I would imagine, right? I mean, yeah. um, I, I, and, and ironically, you know, Cole Browning was in town this weekend and had, had some great conversations with him and uh, kind of reminiscing a little bit. But, but you remember the expectations uh, going into 13, uh, were so high coming off of 2012, and, and um, they they really didn't didn't meet those expectations. Um, you know, maybe if you have you know more bowl opportunities in 13, though, they're they're going to get that opportunity in there. But um, they didn't have the conference, didn't have as many tie-ins in. Uh, but still, uh, you know, it's been a while since there's been. Um, I think this kind of excitement uh, going in there, and, and as I've, I've kind of said you know, the last few times we talked, I think you still you still cautiously optimistic whenever you look at that, just because of the past and all things that are out there. But uh, the scene certainly sets up for them uh, to have a, a pretty good year, and uh, you know how good is yet to be seen. Uh, but but obviously, uh, I think a, a bowl game is definitely attainable uh, for this football team, and, and that would be you know steps in the, the right direction for this squad and pursuit. We'll certainly get into it more in depth next week with the Sunbelt Conference, but as you kind of flip through and look through different things, I guess you look at the likes of uh, Troy, App State, and Arkansas State as kind of the, the favorites right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember it, whenever it all comes out, and that's kind of um, that's kind of how, how I'll, I'll probably vote it. And it's hard not to go with Arkansas State uh, with what they've got coming back, and uh, you know, Justice Hanson, and they get so many transfers. That's what that's what's uh, pretty amazing with them. And um, you kind of wonder at some point in time that they have a lot of penalties, and and they have you know they're, they're an undisciplined team, but they still find ways to win games. And usually late in the year, and that's what scares me about this schedule for ULM. Whenever you look at the the, the way that that game falls late in the year, November 17th, you know, that's whenever you have to go up to Jonesboro to take on Arkansas State. You would like to maybe play them earlier in the year whenever they seem to have to struggle with all those transfers. But um, the, the schedule is, is set up the way that it is, and, and they'll have to deal with it. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, you, it, Troy is the one that, that's kind of interesting. They, they're losing so much. Troy is losing – uh, so many players off their team, and so they're they're still getting a lot of love, and I think a lot of that is because of Neil Brown um, and, and kind of the stability he's brought in there. They were 11 and two last year. Um, they had a convincing uh, bowl victory, um, uh, but they do lose a lot uh, there. You know, from from an offensive perspective, maybe they're bringing them back bringing back a lot defensively, and then. You got Appalachian State, who the Warhawks actually do not play this year. That's the one team they don't get. So they kind of got a little, little favor in there from the schedule makers. Maybe they will get to play them if they could somehow finish first in the West and would square off with them uh, in the in, a, in the first ever uh, potential you know Sun Belt Championship game. But uh, they also got a lot to replace as well. I mean, they they've got to replace a four-year starter at quarterback and Taylor Lamb. And um, so, so you got Zach Thomas that's going to go in there uh, as their quarterback, but they do return uh, Jalen Moore, who, who's an outstanding running back there. Uh, and, and you know, remember uh, the Warhawks put it on Appalachian State last year. That was kind of the, the eye-popping victory there for them. So um, th- those are kind of the, the teams that you're looking at. And then there's always going to be, you know, kind of that 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 one team that that surprises. And, and who's, who's that going to be? Is that going to be South Alabama in their first year? Is that going to be uh, UL Lafayette in, in Coach Napier's first year? Is Texas State finally going to climb out of the cellar? Uh, Coastal Carolina will will they make a, a little bit of a climb in there? Georgia State was that team last year, but a lot of a lot of the publications feel like they're going to kind of kind of fall back into the pack there. Uh, so it's, it's always going to be uh, interesting to see how this whole thing shakes out. But I think at the top, uh, you look at those three teams that you mentioned, and I think uh, they're pretty safe bets there in Arkansas State, App State, and uh, Troy. And finally, a uh, Cowboys question for you. Training camps, of course, uh, inching closer. Can the Cowboys win without a number one receiver? Uh, uh, that's a tough question. Listen to that. Yeah. What about that, Paul? Well, I saw, I was watching. 
it's, uh, it's how bored we are right now. I was watching um, AFC Divisional uh, playoff last night, uh, Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. I watched pretty much that whole game last night on NFL Network. Um, but, you know, they come in with the, the old, uh, you know, the little NFL Network now little clips in there. And one of the things uh, that caught my attention, I guess, was, uh, you know, uh, Scott Linehan's coming up with new uh, offensive formations for the Cowboys and all these things. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, you know, yeah, who's going to run these these sets and everything? But nonetheless, uh, I mean, you know, one of the guys that was on that Jacksonville team was Hearns, and you know, he's a pretty good receiver. And you know, they got some other, you know, maybe got a rookie that's going to step in there and play well. Uh, we shall see. But um, you know, nonetheless, um, it is what it is. Uh, we'll we'll find out. Uh, you know, they open up uh, at Carolina, and then they uh, they host New York. So uh, no no easy ones early on. Find out. So it's pressure squarely on back, and uh, you know, let's uh, let's see how they can handle it. Uh, here's a story on fan sided. They uh, referenced the 2009. They said it's a very similar situation when they released To. They were wondering who the you know, their number one receiver would be after losing To. They finished that year uh, ranked 14th in the league, four spots higher than the previous year. I believe that's when uh, Miles Austin had a pretty good year following the departure of To. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe they got a you know some some breakout guys there. So uh, you know NFL always produces uh, something of interest. Also, so uh, we'll let, let let us wait and see. Nick, as always, appreciate the time, bud. Thanks. Okay, guys. See ya. Get out on the driving range. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Nick White, the voice of the Warhawks, joins us every Monday morning around eight thirty or so. Uh, you sent me a clip of uh, Eagle fans. They were desperate for maybe just a block party. Perhaps. Yeah, they blocked off a street and had uh, the game, the Super Bowl played on a TV on that street, and they were celebrating every score. Yeah. And It looked like it was happening in real time, except that they were in tank tops and wife beaters and uh-huh. throwing natural light everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of fun. Yeah. I, I thought it was entertaining. I, I, didn't, I didn't hate on them for it, but uh, – that's a good thing to do in the middle. It's of the uh, you know what I was thinking that like like why not why not do that why not have a little block party and rewatch the game and yeah. celebrate every score and celebrate the win all over again. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. The morning drive returns after this with our parting shots. The area's newest lawn equipment pro center is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only Cub dealer in Northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with over 100 Cub Cadet mowers on the ground and ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. Remember YP, Yard Power. Highway 165 North in Monroe and just off New Nacogdoches in West Monroe. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Paid announcer. Are you drowning in debt? You need relief. Thank you for calling James Spivey, debt relief specialist. Get debt relief today. Call James Spivey in West Monroe, 387-3666. Online at jspiveylaw.com. Take a deep breath. Everything will be all right. Relax. Bankruptcy isn't the end. It's a new beginning. Call today for a free case consultation. 387-3666. Online at jspivylaw.com. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for our area. Hot and humid conditions with a 20% chance of rain today and a high of 97 degrees. Partly cloudy skies, a 20% chance of rain on tonight, a low 78. Mostly sunny and hot on tomorrow and a high of 96 degrees. Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us on this Monday morning. As we typically do, we end with our parting shots. 
Yes, we got it, baby. We got it. We got it. Woo! Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. I lost. You lost? Yes. Oh, okay. You can have your $500 million jackpot in Powerball or whatever the heck it was, but I'll take this, baby. Throws a quick throw. And it's good. Intercepted. Intercepted. Oh, the Butler. Butler has it at the one. Malcolm Butler stepping in front of the throw. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. It's gotta be one of the dumbest calls offensively in Super Bowl history. Oh, again, again, that's a twofer. It's time for two parting shots. Listen to that. Listen to that. Sponsored by no one. So you can sponsor it. Just hit us up and we will get you on the show. You're listening. You know others are listening too. Why not get your message out there? All right, I know you got a great parting shot, so I'll go first. I know you did not partake and you did not dive into the World Cup, but I think you and others are the ones that missed out. Is that, was that your parting shot? Sort of. That's it? This was your opportunity, of course, to kind of, you know, expand in your boundaries a little bit and think a little bit under the box. And you, Jake Martin, missed a golden opportunity to do that by not watching any of the World Cup. I, I watched the game. You watched a complete game. What game was that? Oh. Uh, see, now? No, I don't remember. It was like, I think it was, might have been France. I might have watched the, the World Champs. Yeah. France and, I don't know, man. I, whatever. I watched a game, though. Huh. So stop hating. I watched the game. It's fine. But don't you feel bad that you may no, have missed that opportunity? I don't feel bad at all. Huh. Not at all. It's It's just not for me, man. It's like it's what you're doing now would be the same as me coming in here on Monday uh, last week and saying, don't you feel bad that you missed history when Daniel Cormier defeated Stipe Miocic when he knocked him out in the first round of a very well, exciting but There's fight. a couple differences. First of all, the entire world wasn't watching. And second of all, I didn't have to fork over $60 Cups, to watch the World Cup. I want you to do this while I give my parting shot. Find the World Cup ratings and compare it to NBA, oh, NFL, and college football. My point exactly. So, I was trying to find the World Cup uh, ratings, and supposedly they were down for the knockout rounds and the quarterfinals compared to other years. But a lot of that had to do, of course, the fact the United States is not in it. And then I'm driving in, and Clay Travis, he was making the argument today that more watched the World Cup than actually were watching the Elite Eight in NCAA basketball and, of course, the NBA semifinals and quarterfinals. Comparably, yes, he said the ratings were better for the World Cup over the NBA. That is according to Clay Trout. Not the finals. Are we talking about one game or the whole? I need more. I need okay. more information. We on will that. work on you that. You get on that. We'll discuss that. And tomorrow. I don't know where he got his uh, information from, but we you're going to get me fired up. Uh, if more people were watching the World Cup in the United States than actually watched, uh, the oh, NBA. we're talking United States. Yeah. Oh, please, please, Aaron. Let's not even go there. Well, that was the argument that was made this morning. We're going to watch it. We're going to find this information and have it for you tomorrow. The other thing is, uh, you know, I, all in was John Tabor on the World Series of Poker. And watching it, it gets you excited. You want to play some poker. I'd love to get a game together. We just want to invite Ben Mintz. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we will not invite How Ben How cool Mintz. would it be, though, if you invited him and you actually took all his money? Not cool, though. Cause I'm not on social media bragging about certain things, but if I beat Ben Mintz, I would have that all over the place. Well, yeah. I'd but put that right back in the his face. The odds aren't great. <laughs> the odds aren't great. Tabor, do you think you could out-bluff uh, uh, Ben Mintz in a game? I think I could get him once or twice, but I believe <laughs> yeah. Mintz is a strong enough a player that if we played long enough, he would kind of pick up on down. my style. I, I, you know, the, you always got the, the element of luck within it, but. I wouldn't. I'd love to play against Mintz because I know it'd be some action. What if you don't have a style? You just throw everything out the window. Yeah, you just. I mean, he can't guess what you're doing because you don't even know what you're doing. I'll just say this: if you don't know what you're doing, don't sit down and play with him because he's probably going to take your money. Hmm. All right, can I get to my parting shot? I mean, you took so long. Um, So, on this edition of Trash Takes. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple of them. Uh, Dan Shaughnessy. Shaughnessy? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Andy Benoit. All right, I'll start with Shaughnessy, who wrote a column uh, talking about uh, baseball. 
All right, so in it he says, Baseball has become the sanctuary of senior citizens. Hardcore baseball fans are the same people who have landlines in their home and still read daily newspapers. Anybody seen my sporting news? Pace of play has made the game largely unwatchable on television. The estimate that the estimable Tom Reducci recently put his stopwatch to work and calculated that the average time between balls and play is three minutes and 45 seconds. This is unacceptable. It is killing the sport. There's simply not enough action. Analytics are out of control. Even Commissioner Rob Manfred agrees. Um, there is a growing recognition that analytics have produced certain trends in the game that we may need to be more pre proactive about reversing. Um, and then he goes on to say, meanwhile, as the game is taken over by the geeks, the players become more faceless. That was what you hyped up. You look confused. What? <laughs> he he hated on baseball. Yeah. All right. But that's what we do every you know whenever we talk about baseball, we usually hate on it too. Well, the you think it's been taken over by analytics and geeks and <laughs> <laughs> that was Waldrop for anyone who heard that. Um, all right, here's Andy Ben. I know you'll disagree with this one then. Uh, so Andy Benoit, I made mention to this last week, but here's the actual quote. For the past six years, I've watched almost every NFL game, and aside from a few pre-draft projects, zero college football games. This is partly because covering the NFL is my job, but mostly because I enjoy pro football infinitely more than college. Mm. To me, comparing college to pro is like comparing a small-town community theater to Broadway. Wow. Wow. But there are those of us who like football's pageantry but love its strategy. Mm. We see the game as a chess match only where everyone's pieces are not the same. Those pieces are not confined to individual squares. They move not one at a time, but all at once, and that movement usually doesn't stop until someone scores or gets hit. From a strategic entertainment standpoint, pro football annihilates college football. Mm, that is a hot take. That's a trash take. Yes, and Jake strongly disagrees with that. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I thought those were good. You're no-selling it. Mm -hmm. you, you got me upset because you're trying to compare the World Cup to the NBA and to the NFL as far as viewership. No, I didn't say NFL. NFL was not in the mix. Okay, well, the NBA. Yeah. I need numbers. Mm -hmm. I need numbers to back up those things. All right, we'll have those numbers for you tomorrow. We'll get with uh, Nielsen, and we will have that done by tomorrow morning. Get him on the show? Nielsen ratings. I know. Okay. <laughs> not one person jake <laughs> uh thanks for listening to morning drive this morning what we got going on tomorrow oh brother what do we got oh ed orgeron we'll, just, sure play, we'll just play his entire opening there we go statement where he'll break down every position uh, in the deep snapper the backup of the deep snapper we'll go through ulm schedule yeah. is that it we got anybody on uh, gus Catton gus, joins yes, us for gus, uh, his weekly visit at eight o'clock the Edge, the guys are in here. They are fired up. They are ready to go on this Monday morning. We look forward to their show. It's coming up next. Everybody have a fantastic day. We'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow at 7 a.m. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.